Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? You are listening to the Data Is My Science podcast, the show that makes data a passion. This is your host, Dapper Data, as usual. As usual, I have a special guest on the podcast, right? We've talked about data science. We've talked about AI. We talk a little bit about machine learning. We talk about the whole gambit surrounded around data, okay? Data is very important, and it could be the game changer in the world. It is, right? It's making a lot of decisions for a lot of people, helping people make great decisions. But today we're going to discuss a little bit something, something a little different, okay? We're going to discuss something different, and but it's still going to be related to data, all right? And that's, you know, as you all know, that's my favorite topic. But I brought a special guest to talk about what we call audio data, all right? Audio data is something that has been around for a while, but for some reason, people don't talk about it as much, right? And I brought a special guest. His name is Graham Brown, all right? Graham Brown is the founder of an award-winning podcast agency, an AI-powered, driven B2B podcast agency in Singapore, and a podcast accelerator of a mastermind thought leadership podcast host. This guy is amazing. I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to tune in. You're going to hear everything he has to say. Uh, Graham, tell him a little bit about yourself. Wow. Thanks for the wonderful introduction, Dapper Data. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I help people tell stories. I help brands and business leaders tell stories. And I do that mainly through podcasts. So creating podcasts for brands and helping them grow their audiences. And a big part of that now is obviously data, understanding what people talk about how they talk about it and also what audiences want to listen to that's what i do yeah yeah no no and and when you when we when we got a chance to talk behind the scenes you know you brought up some very interesting topics right how ai is related to audio data and um you know i know you're just being modest right i mean you you have done some amazing work out here right being featured in the financial times the wall street journal uh, uh, um, you host you host the podcast maps and the be more Ho- uh, human podcast as well, you know. And so around around those podcasts, do you talk a lot about AI and how it's related to data hmm. and audio data? Absolutely. So let's talk about what data is. So data is really information. Mm-hmm. It's information that is exchanged between two people or two nodes in a network, and Audio is data. So now we're talking. Now you introduced yourself, you introduced me, I introduced myself. The listener hears that. That's data. They're receiving data from us, right? And so there are many different ways to transmit data and different forms. Audio is a very effective way of communicating data to each other. You know, I can say my name to you. You can tell me where you're from. and we can talk about different subjects and it communicates information very fast. And the reason why we choose to do it this way, as opposed to, well, just send me an email is because there's a lot more inside this conversation than just information. The right. reason why people want to hear two people talking as opposed to, well, I can read 
the blog post or just give me the bullet points. That conversation between two people is carries a lot of emotion. It carries a lot of human connection as well, which is all data points, which we as consumers absorb and use to measure and understand interactions and situations. So audio is very powerful. I believe that audio contains a lot of data that we don't really consider on a day-to-day -day basis because it's so natural to us. It's not being presented in zeros and ones. But right. if you think about it, it's a fundamental part of all our communication. You cannot really communicate without audio. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if you think about it, you're always in contact with audio. Right. Mm. I mean, that's what you're basically talking about. Your brain is continuously processing and understanding audio data as, as you're speaking, as you're listening. Right. And giving you information about the environment. So uh, that's really interesting. I mean, you think about the, the MP3s. Right. You're recording. Mm. I, I take snippets. Right. Uh, the Windows Media Audio formats, you know, it's different formats going on throughout the time. And and, um, you know, it. It's amazing how people never really communicate or talk about audio data when it comes down to data, data science. Right. I mean, I do a lot of studying uh, with my Ph.D. right now and I don't hear we, we've never talked about audio data right throughout mm -hmm. the time. And that's pretty interesting. And I've been doing podcasting for some time, probably not as long as you. Right. And uh, that's that's not a topic that really comes to mind when you think about uh, capturing data. Maybe you're looking at the analytics behind the scenes of doing podcasting, but not really the audio data, right? The separation of it, how to segment the data, how to capture it, and then looking at AI and doing some type of um, analysis on it at the end, you know? Mm. So when you think about processing, right? You think about Shazam and things like that, how does it apply? How do you see audio data typically applied in the everyday life? Well, Shazam has been around for nearly 20 years. Remember right, that? Right. So I remember when these guys started, I came from the mobile industry. That was mm -hmm. my background in communications. So they've been at that for a very long time. But I guess like with all AI and machine learning based processing now, like you go back 20 years and it was nothing compared to what it is today. Today mm -hmm. you can use libraries like AWS Comprehend, which mm -hmm. are very cheap really for what you're paying for and very effective. And you can crunch a lot of audio and you can quite effectively take, so for example, a 45 minute podcast like this will produce mm -hmm. maybe four to 5,000 words of mm -hmm. data. Now think about in 45 minutes, what kind of data you and I are going to produce in that 45 minutes. First of all, there is going to be a lot of names, mm -hmm. so, you know, our names, well, we're going to talk, we've already mentioned Shazam, we've already mentioned Amazon. Um, right. et etc et you mentioned mp3s now we've got all entities and what they call in uh, machine learning the entities so mm -hmm. you know you break it down by names you break it down by technologies and subjects so using a, a library like aws comprehend which you can easily plug into you don't have to write any uh, machine learning code you can plug straight into this through an api put the mp3 or the audio file in and out it will spit out a list of all the entities inside that 45 minute audio and you'll pay you know maybe less than a dollar for that now think about the power of that you can crunch a whole 45 minute of conversation you get a lot of data out of it what that right. really means to us is now you can 
basically analyze all conversations. You can analyze all interactions across podcasts. There is a lot of content out there right now which isn't being processed. And think about it, it's actually very important to us. Look at what you can do on a, a blog post, right? You can now you know, use GPT-3, which is a mm -hmm. machine learning uh, uh, library to generate fake, or I didn't say fake, machine generated uh, articles. There's right, a lot. Right, right. There's a lot of apps out there doing that now. You pay them. Is there and right. a lot of uh, deep fakes? Uh, yeah, that's what it deep fakes and things like that. Right? Well, you can make the deep fake videos. What these will do is you'll type in, for example, okay, I want an article about um, the ten most important things about data science. Mm -hmm. You write it as in the field, hit submit, and it will produce for you an article. You want 500 words? I'll give you 500 words, and it will break it out like a human has written it. Now, that's really interesting because it basically means all that world of data is becoming driven by machine. But yet now all this, so Graham Brown and Dapper Data talking together, is not being generated by machine. So mm -hmm. if you want to find the data of our relationships, the stuff that really matters, the stuff that isn't generated by humans, sorry, by machines, go to audio that's the stuff that's really valuable and there's a lot of data being transmitted between human beings right now which isn't available on the web and it's here you know in the form of audio or podcasts oh that's really interesting because when i think about audio data i think about applying it to things like we talked about shazam or speech mm. processing and, and and synthesis, right? You know, generating artificial voice for conversational agents, things like that, right? Or recommending music or audio channels. <laughs> That's what I think about audio data, right? I think Amazon Prime, I think, I mean, Amazon Music, I think things like that. Uh, but, but you're bringing up some very interesting points, you know, and some different ways to think about it when it comes down to audio mm. data. Now, do you see AI playing a big role in it and solving problems and deep learning and things like that, you know, within audio data as well. Yeah, audio, if you consider audio to be the, the uh, a frontier of data, which is really untapped, and there's a lot of data out there, really what machine learning can do, not really AI, more machine learning, which is more sort right. of a tangible part of AI right now, mm -hmm. it can process that data much faster and much more effectively than a human being. So if you're taking 5,000 words and trying to extract in a matter of 10 seconds all the key subjects in a conversation, you can then do that to millions and millions of conversations. And machine learning is very good at that. Now consider, for example, um, you, you talked about you know, how, these, uh, how data would be applied to audio. Okay, Shazam and searches. Yeah, that's all great. And voice search, that's one area. Mm -hmm. But really, the, the, one of the most interesting areas I think we should think about in data is searchable audio. And mm. consider this, there was a, a, a study conducted by Stanford University, and it was called the EAR project, as in E-A-R project. Mm. And basically, they got these subjects to wear a device. It's like a necklace with a small uh, microphone on it. And this would randomly turn on through the day and capture random sounds through the day. Mm -hmm. You know, it would turn on for 60 seconds and then turn off, turn on for 60 seconds and turn off and take that mm -hmm. audio and then send it to the researchers. And what they found mm -hmm. was that the average person spent 40% of their day 
talking or communicating with other people, right? And most of that was just rubbish. Most of that was just, you know, like talking about the weather or TV or what are we going to eat tonight? But 40% of their day. Now, the interesting data point there is we spend 40% of our day talking and yet we only spend 4% of our day on social media. Mm. Now, if I was Facebook or Google and I'm thinking about all that data about you, so on social media, I'm capturing data about what you like, who you talk to, you know, what your political leanings are, building a profile of you, but you're only, that's only 4% of your day. So there's a bigger part of you which exists outside of that 40%. And that is these conversations. Right. And right now they all happen off the map, off record, because mm. nobody is quantifying them. And the very dystopian view of our future is that all of our conversations will be mapped. All of our conversations will be quantified and searchable increasingly because we'll be pushed into um, social audio like Spotify, Green Room, Clubhouse and so on. Even this, all of that will be quantifiable. And in sort of some Black Mirror style you know, episode, they'll be able to download all right. of your conversations <laughs> from the last 24 hours, right? That's the reality. Now, the reality for Facebook or Google is we want a piece of that action, that mm. there's 10 times bigger data, personal data about you right. in your conversations than there is in what in the, your footprint on Twitter and Facebook and so on. So that's the next frontier. Right. And those guys will want us to push our conversations into social audio because in the same way they've made us do that with uh, social media platforms. You have to get, I mean, when you start thinking about that, right, you start thinking about ethics, right? You know, and this is definitely something that just came to mind because uh, when you're thinking about, all right, great, Facebook, everybody wants a piece of that, right? That audio data, right? The audio that we're speaking right now, right? Even they're, they're having issues with, I did a segment on security and uh, Amazon mm -hmm. Alexa listening to us, right? <laughs> because there's benefits, but there's also disadvantages, I guess, depending on who you are, depending on what you believe, you know, um, I mean, are, are you in agreement that this could become more of an ethical issue and that's what may be holding back people like Facebook and things like that to, to, uh, to really uh, uh, adapt to or try to capture some of that audio? I don't think they're holding back for ethical reasons <laughs> because following the money, you know, that, yeah. that is for them. They, if they could capture, for example, 40% of Dapper Data's day and mm. what you really care about and what you want to eat for dinner tonight and what you say to your kids, they can build a very, very detailed profile of you because even what you put out on Twitter or Facebook, you edit it yourself, right? You're very conscious of that, but in your conversations, a lot freer. There's a movie uh, called The Lives of Others, which is mm. a, it's probably a little bit old now, but it's a, it's a movie about East German spies, the Stasi, as they were called. They would spy mm. on their people. And the, the one way they would do that, they would listen to everything. They would bug everything. You know, they would mm. wiretap everything and they would put these bugs in your house and they would listen to every single conversation you ever had 
So Dapper Data is talking to his wife. Dapper mm. Data is going to the supermarket. And they would write everything down that you ever said. And this is in the day where they do it on paper. And you know, after the, <laughs> oh the four, yeah, the, when the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, they found all the data that the Stasi had kept on their people. They oh. found millions and millions of cabinets with these little flashcards. Everything, everything you ever said was written down. Huh. And it was, you know, it said when they pulled it all apart and they, you know, dismantled the communist um, infrastructure, they said it would take them, they would take, you know, a hundred researchers, it would take them 150 years to go through everything oh. to get all that data. Because that's how much data they collected. Now, the irony is, is now, if this searchable audio becomes as popular as social media, we will happily do that ourselves. We will happily collect this information about ourselves and give it to these tech companies. So ethically, who knows? You you know, yeah. you decide. Like, but you know how it goes, the story with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think that I just I had a conversation with somebody the other day where we were talking about getting paid for your data, right? You know, mm. and that's something that people probably would uh, value enough to say, look, pay me for this audio if you really want it. Right. I mean, mm. um, there's a data data so viable, right, in the eyes of marketers, in the eyes of researchers, in the eyes of, you know, Facebook, right, the social media platforms, uh, just data in general is what's making everybody pretty much succeed in their businesses. Right. Um, and 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 the average user that's on the uh, front end, they're not thinking, oh, man, I'm giving up my data to this person to allow them to make me like them more. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and and so I could see uh, there being a cost associated with it at some point. You know, uh, do you do you think that as well? Well, I would imagine that there's if, for example, you are farming the data of people, then you have a vested interest in making them believe that they don't own that data and controlling that narrative. That's important. So as long as we believe that we don't own any data or we're not mm -hmm. producing data or they don't have much data on me, mm -hmm. then we're kept in the dark about wow. that. So <laughs> I imagine that's probably a key part of it, isn't it? Is that you're right. And when people start talking about it and start thinking about it, right now, maybe it's not enough data. Maybe they don't really have a lot of data about us. I don't feel, I mean, they're collecting a lot about the sites we visit for the pixels and the tracking um, mm -hmm. cookies and so on. But really, they don't have a, such a great picture of us. Right. I think it's a very small part of us, right? Right. But maybe when we take that to audio, that's when it will become really intrusive. Because you're probably giving up stuff which you don't know that you're giving up now. That's a great point. Um, and I always say sometimes when you're looking at data, it may not be a single entity, right, that matters, yeah. right? But if you combine it with one or two or three things, then that's when it becomes very viable, right? So like you said, you combine it, maybe you combine audio, matching with a picture or something somehow somebody really needs that some company mm. needs that right you know or audio match with an address and all that you know 
um, somehow maybe that becomes more valuable than just the audio or more mm -hmm. valuable than just the picture. Um, uh, similar to IP addresses, I know working in, um, you work in the government space, you work in Intel space, things like that. Uh, when you look at data, the IP address is not as viable by itself sometimes, right, to, mm -hmm. the, to, to a hacker or a spy or something like that. But when you look at an IP address with the domain name, all right, that's, that's defined out there by the company, then it becomes more viable. Right. Mm. And so then they say, well, I can't give you the domain name and the actual IP address, but I can give you just the domain name or the IP address. Right. So combining data may be very, very viable to them. Something you touched on, right? We we're talking about searchable audio. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, the audience would like to know more about that. Like, what does that actually mean? Right. Mm. And when you look at people like Google, right, they, they plan to make audio content more searchable now to incorporate things like podcasts. All right. So I actually did research on that and they're, they're focusing in on trying to incorporate podcasts more within Google searches, right, mm. through audio data and through searchable audio. And when I think search, I think metadata, right, the mm. data about the data. Right. And um, when I think search, I think Elasticsearch, I think uh, being able to um, uh, really, really fine tune ways to be able to uh, or keywords and things like that. Right. You know, uh, so what's your what do you define search? I know you have an extensive background in searchable audio. Uh, what would you say searchable audio really is for the audience? Hmm. It's the ability to spider or index audio in the same way you could index a website. So an Ooh. MP3 file, a WAV file, or e even live audio. Now consider, for this to work, there has to be two factors. There has to be technology to enable searchable audio, and there has to be a need. So let's look at both of those. So in terms of the need, like you say, Google is already looking at this, Spotify is looking at this, Apple is looking at this. There's a vested interest why they should do this. Google wants to search audio because there's a lot of audio content. There's 2.7 million podcasts. Mm. That's shows. Let's say if each one produces 40 episodes, that's 100 million episodes. Already. <laughs> each, you know, if, if each is an hour long, that's 100 million hours of content. Each is 5,000 words. Well, mm. now you've got what is that 500 billion words out there in the audio sphere and it's only growing so google wants a piece of that action just like it wants a piece of maps just like it wants images it wants to index all human information and there's a reason why it wants to do it with audio particularly because the rest is easily fakeable gpt3 mm -hmm. for example enables us to write very very effective uh, machine content and there are for example new machine learning libraries coming out which are much more powerful uh, google has one called mum m-u-m -M, which mm -hmm. apparently is a thousand times more uh, powerful than gpt3 which is really phenomenal really if you think about the capabilities with that so we will be able to produce very very authentic say authentic or believable content in the web so google will want to know 
where real relationship content hangs out and it's going to be in audio. So that's the need part. And add to that, uh, Spotify and Apple will want to search their content because they want to make it discoverable. Right now, the discoverability of Spotify and Apple is pretty poor. So if you want to search for a data science podcast, it's very difficult to find that on Spotify and Apple. Most it people is. go to Google, right? Google's the number one discovery tool for podcasts right now, right? So there's a lot of need there. We haven't even talked about Amazon, right? Amazon Alexa. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now let's think about the technology. The searchable part is if you create a video on YouTube and upload it, one thing that YouTube does to that, which most people don't know, is it, it runs an algorithm called SoundScan. Mm -hmm. Now SoundScan listens to your video it will process it and you know, you get the mm. automatic closed captions, the subtitles on your video that's created by sound scan. Mm. Now, the reason why YouTube listens to your video is firstly, is there any copyrighted um, songs in there? So right. you automatically get that, you know, copyright slapped on your video and say, right, mm. there's a copyright violation. We're going to take all the money from you. Right. right. That's what they do. Um, and also they want to index it because descriptions on YouTube are pretty poor, right? Mm -hmm. Just as they are on podcasts. So if I search for data science, is this really a data science video or podcast or is it just in the description? How many times yeah. do they say data science in the actual podcast? Cause that's more indicative than the description and the title, isn't it? Right. So and the, the, and the uh, hashtags itself, right? You can put, yeah. Lines and hashtags, things like that. If you just wanted to appeal, I could probably put any hashtag in there if I just wanted to appeal to the world, right? You know, right. that's amazing. Yeah, you're right. That, that's Go what ahead. they used Sorry. to do in the old day. Well, think about the old days of web. That's what they did, right? You could create a web page, and at the bottom of the web page, you could put in white text, like, like data science, data science, data science, a hundred yeah. times. <laughs> and Google would think, oh, this is this is a pretty good data science page. But then Google introduced page quality, which basically said, actually, you know, the search results that I'm going to serve up need to be quality or people would stop believing in my search algorithm and they would go elsewhere to the right. other platforms. So we have the technology there and machine learning is going to make that a lot easier. So that is searchable audio is that how can I make audio more discoverable for you? as a consumer and then how can we understand the audio a lot better and obviously there's a real implication for advertising and other applications that could use that right right no no that's a great point you know and you know when it comes down to searchable audio i know a lot of people don't really think about how um how could they benefit from it right as an end user and you just touched a lot on that because People like Google, right, um, Facebook, things like that, they're thinking about those things all the time, uh, but implementing the technology there, they're able to do it. Mm. It just takes time, right? You know, capturing the data over time, getting better at it, getting better at it, you know, capturing it, using the algorithms, getting better at it over time, right? It's a process. Uh, and, and when I think about processing, um, I did want to ask you from your point of view, when you think about data science, you think about or you think about data management in general, right? The data goes in, it's ingested, 
it's uh it's it's transformed right it can be transformed it can be analyzed at the end right just at a high level do you see it being any different from any other processing of data um when you think about audio data do you see it being is there steps that you see that are different from an audio data uh, analysis standpoint than uh, capturing video, right, or something mm. like that? That's interesting. I'm not completely sure, to be honest. I would mm. the the areas that maybe audio has that are not obvious in other areas of data is there's a lot more than just the words. Mm. Audio. You can use, for example, like sentiment analysis. Right. Okay. Um, audio, like you can some to some degree on Twitter, you can see is this person angry, right? Or a Trump supporter, right? You right. can kind of work that out. You could do that with audio as well through understanding the emotion. There's a lot of you know like very low level machine learning libraries that can process emotion, can process. It's probably better with audio. It's oh, probably yeah. easier with audio to capture that sentiment analysis, right? You know, Absolutely. than it is looking at like yeah. Twitter feeds because we always talked about it back in the day. Somebody sends an email or a text message, right? Uh, and and you're thinking, you may think in your head, right? If you send a text to me, I may say, "Oh man, Graham, he might be mad, man. He seems yeah. like he's mad." But really, you're not mad, right? You're just That's you're right. just texting. You might have you just. You just text, right? That's all well, it that's is. That's why we know? use the smiley face and the the slash s for sarcasm, <laughs> right? We got right. all that because like people didn't get sarcasm in the early days on email. It's like, well, what's he uh -huh. really saying? <laughs> is he being funny or is he like angry at me? We don't know. Right. But audio is there, isn't it? You can hear it. You know, if you close your eyes and listen to somebody talk, you can really feel their emotion. And, and humans are very good. At feeling the emotion of people in what they say they can pick up all different kinds of emotions and yeah. that is difficult to fake as well if somebody sounds angry they you really know they're angry if somebody sounds yeah. happy you know years ago i had a you know i was working in a a, a call center it was a bit like the boiler room the movie where you're phoning mm. and selling on the phone <laughs> yeah. and uh my boss who was really good at this he said uh you know like if you really want to improve your success rates um do this and he took out a, a post-it pad and he took mm -hmm. a marker and a permanent marker and he drew it just like a smiley face and he slapped that he slapped on my <laughs> he said there that's what you need and i thought what do you mean what is that he said like they might not see you smile but they hear you smile mm. it's so true if you smile when you talk your voice your the wave sounds different people hear it right yeah no, no, that's a great point. That's a great point, you know. So I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you have going on, right? And you have a book that's out right now. And based off of the book, right, I saw you mention that uh, that this is the age of audio data, right? Hmm. What do you what do you mean by that? What do you what do you mean by that? As far as right now, if you have people in the audience that's sitting there, even data scientists, you know, you got podcasters out there speakers right you know what do you mean by this is the age of audio data well this is the age of audio meaning mm -hmm. that we are seeing this real flourishing of audio right now there's been an explosion in podcasts 
There's a lot of social audio apps coming out. We've got Spotify, Green Room, Clubhouse, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn will play their hand. Facebook has partnered with Spotify. There's a lot going on in this space. Now, we're in the 2020s and people are talking about this as this renaissance in audio. Interestingly, the first age of audio was 1920 when they talked about the golden age of radio. Mm. And if you think about when that happened, it was in the early 1920s, 100 years ago. Mm. And the backdrop to the 1920s, you had just experienced the automation of um, industry. So Henry Ford's factory model, the automation of the telephone exchanges, there was mass automation. Automation, automation, automation. That was what it was about. You know, they didn't have machine learning, but they had machines. So they experienced this huge shift in work and understanding of our relationships with technology. And importantly, we'd had just experienced probably uh, once in a generation or at least once in a century pandemic, the Spanish flu that was in 1918 or the end of the First World War. And that transformed people's lives. So you had the backdrop of a pandemic and automation in 1920s, and it created this surge in radio because people turned to radio as a way of connecting with other people. And, you know, the first radio phone-in, you know, radio phone-ins was in 1921, mm. 100 years ago. And now we are 100 years on. We've just experienced a pandemic or in the middle of it. We are entering an era of automation, the era of the machine, and we're seeing an explosion of audio. And the reasons are exactly the same, is that the, the reason we're turning to audio is because it is for us a way to connect with people. It is the fundamental of all connection, all conversation. Human relationships are based on audio. And therefore, our seeking out of audio is a response to what's going on in the world. It's a response from people being locked down, people being disconnected, people being dehumanized by machines and data, which is a reality, right? And I say that as an AI graduate who's passionate mm -hmm. about AI, right? So the age of audio really is a response to that, that we are seeing audio grow because of AI and data. These are not unrelated. These are happening at the same time and the two sides of the coin, if you like, in history. And we'll look back in 20, 30 years time and look back at the 2020s and say, that's when it started. That's when we sought out, that's when we started creating all this audio content. And it, we're right in the middle of it. And like all huge shifts and disruptions, nobody ever knows that they're in it when it's happening. It just seems like lots of unrelated events mm -hmm. but that's what we're in right now right and, and you're you're bringing up a great point you know and that that was that was excellent you know and i'm, I'm sure the audience enjoyed it, uh, every bit of that response um some things you think about and i always end with a dope nugget or, or a gem at the end of the day but what i've captured from you graham has been uh, like you mentioned, audio being um, very, very impactful to the world today, right? When mm. you say the age of audio, um, you think about how 
even on social media, right? The stories, the videos, right? Uh, all the stuff that's going on in the, the world today, right? The negative things, the positive things, uh, people are vocalizing themselves. They're, 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 they're speaking on their views and opinions, right? Those are the things that, are, that matter. Uh, and, and they're doing it more from a, um, recording their, their voice, right? You know, that, that's more impactful than just words being written on paper sometimes these days. You know, people are looking at it. If you think about engagement, you get more engagement on social media now from being able to show video and actually talking, speaking, right? Um, and eventually, it, 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 well, the way I look at it and based off of your conversation uh, here today, it's, it's, it's only going to get, um, I guess, expanded or better, right, or enlarged. And when it comes down to being able to understand how impactful audio is to every individual and to the world and researchers and social media platforms and the likes, you know. Um, so is there anything that you want to say to the audience, you know, before I close it out? Yeah. Something to think about, a nugget to take away is uh... – so you mentioned the word audience, how important it is today to build an audience. Mm -hmm. And everybody talks about thought leadership now, personal branding, authority. There's the word, how do you create yourself as an authority in data science like you're doing by mm -hmm. getting out there? And possibly one of the, you know, the words to really capture the zeitgeist of this era is authenticity. Everybody's talking about being authentic not fake, not a machine, being human. Authentic means original in, you know, it's yeah, yeah. form, right? That's what exactly what it means. So think about all of those words as well. Authentic authority audience. You're starting to see a pattern, right? <laughs> authentic authority audience audio. Now trace those back. They all four of those come from the same ancient Greek word. If you, if you're an an etymologist who studies the origin of words and language mm -hmm. that they come from the ancient Greek word, which starts with a U. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that word doesn't have a direct translation into English, but the nearest translation it means is to perceive and to feel. We literally feel or perceive somebody's authority or their authenticity mm -hmm. and the audience feel that or see that and audio is one of the most powerful mediums to do that. So for thousands of years, you know, way back to ancient Greek times, we've been thinking about this and it's been part of our language and part of our interaction. Just think, for example, that if you uh, listen to music without video, listen to audio without video, it can be beautiful. It can be sounds. It can be, you know, sounds of nature. It can be beautiful songs or hip hop, whatever it is you're into, right? It, creates those feelings but if you see video without audio that's surveillance think mm. of the difference in terms of what they mean to us yeah yeah no no that was great that was great you know it means it means something different you know i felt that right when you look at the video versus actually listening to the audio you know you have a different mindset when it comes down to doing one or the other you know for sure um all right so we had a lot of serious topics going on right there and at the end as always i like i like to end as my audience knows it i like to end with something called overrated underrated 
I actually got this from a motivational speaker that I follow called Gary V. And he was doing this underrated, overrated thing. And I said, hey, this would be cool to take it to something like the podcast. I always give a shout out to Gary V all the time when it comes down to it. But um, what I typically do is I I ask you, right, the guest on uh, on the podcast, I say, hey, Graham, you know, what do you think about these topics? Right. And you get to say whether it's overrated, underrated or exactly where it needs to be. You can give a little bit more um, thought into it if you want. If you want to say, hey, look, you know, um, I don't know. You can say I don't know. Um, And if you and if you actually want to explain your answer, you can as well. So it's always good for the audience to to see the fun side of of us. You know, we're always so technical. We're so serious. We work, 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 you know, but the fun side of things, you know, it's, it's good to see. So are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Traveling. Underrated. Underrated. I agree. I agree. Man. You've Massively. been around. You've traveled a lot, right? Yeah. I traveled the world with my family for four years out of oh, su- three suitcases. Yeah. Nonstop. Out of three suitcases? Yeah. Oh, man. That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't even, we'll have to talk behind the scenes. That's on another all podcast. The That's a whole nother podcast right there, man. Oh, my goodness. All right. Skiing. Mm, uh, about where it needs to be i'm okay. neither here nor there because yeah. I, I live in singapore there's no snow around <laughs> okay 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 yeah for me it's overrated um every time i go uh, i almost get a concussion or something and maybe i'm just biased <laughs> because I, I i always fall all the time <laughs> you know all right uh, so you traveled a lot how about all-inclusive resorts overrated Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't. I've, I've stayed. At, I have stayed at an all-inclusive resort a few times, mm-hmm. but I like. I'm the kind of guy that likes to get out into the back streets and get lost. Right, 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 kind right, of, right. I like that experience. I like you know the stuff that's not on the map between the right. gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the. I like the thrill of that. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you get to know the area, right? The country where you're, yeah. where you're, you know. Uh, Everybody else, the tourists and things like that, are always staying at all-inclusive resorts, but you don't really get yeah. the authenticity, right? The authenticity, right? Authenticity, <laughs> yeah. That's what it's yeah. about. But, yeah, I mean, they have their place, but, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there were times when you just kind of want to, you know, you want to go there and just flop out in front of the, the pool, right, and just right, chill. Right, right, right. right. All right, uh, scary movies. About where they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I like them, uh, but I'm kind of like the annoying guy that says, "Oh, this is what's going to happen next." Oh. So I, I can't, nobody enjoys watching them with me. So, like, why she's stupid? Why is she taking the torch and going looking down in the basement? <laughs> why doesn't she call the cops? See, nobody would ever do that. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, hardcover books. Oh, underrated. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, just books and like printed books in general. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've done all the Kindle and all that stuff. And I just got fed up with it because, you know, I, I, you know, for me, reading books was less about consuming a lot of data, uh, but more about the enjoyment of reading, which right, I felt right. was, I was losing. Yeah. And just having that non-screen time. Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. it was really important because if, if you like have a, I had a Kindle and you had like a hundred books on it, like you read one and think, Oh, what can I read next? And what can I read next? And it's the mm-hmm. fear of missing out again. Right. You couldn't yeah. actually enjoy reading 
So having a, a physical book, which you can just tune out and just get into, right? For right, me, it was right. Like, and I think a lot of people don't rate it as much as it should be. Maybe I'm, I'm an exception, I don't know, but I really feel that it's mentally good for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think books in general are, are good for people. You know, it, it, it stimulates that creative side, you know, versus mm. being on the TV all the time. It's kind of not allowing for creativity, right? You know, in a book, mm. you're able to uh, imagine what's going on while reading. Um, so I always try to force my kids to read read books yeah. now. For some reason, they physical don't want to books. do Yeah, physical books. Yeah. Yeah, cool. You know, right? yeah. even the Kindle, you know, as well. You know, I mean, yeah. or or just just reading books in general, you know. So, all right, cool. So, last thing you you mentioned a, a drink of choice that was very interesting to me. I just wanted you to uh, let the audience know that that drink of choice um, because I I wanted to make sure I pronounced it right, which I know I'm not going to. So I want to go ahead and let you go ahead and uh, pronounce it, you know. But it was a Canarian and Southeast Asian specialty coffee. What was the uh. name? There's two. There's like, so here in... Cafe Leche Leche. Yeah, Cafe Leche Leche, not just Cafe Leche, but Cafe Leche okay. Leche is like a, a... So the Canary Islands off the west coast of Africa, it's a, it's a type of coffee there, which is like black coffee served with condensed milk. Mm -hmm. It's actually, you sounds probably pretty horrible, but when you drink it, it's really good. Really yeah. sweet, but yeah, it's quite powerful. And it, here in uh, Singapore... In Southeast Asia, they have a different type of coffee, but they have uh, very, you know, many, many types of coffee you wouldn't get normally in different parts of the world. They have like, and they have all the language like coffee C, coffee O, coffee C, croissant. So you have oh. to know your coffees here and the yeah. way they make them. But it's fun. I mean, it's like, you know, when I go to a, a new country, I like to sample their coffees, right? Because okay. you can learn a lot about like through food and you can learn a lot about these. But if you come, so I, to your listeners, your listeners come to Singapore, try the uh, coffee si kosong, which is coffee with condensed milk and no sugar, which is pretty good. But you can't have a lot of that stuff once in a while for a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely do that. You know, I definitely have plans in the next, I want to say three to four years, probably trying to shoot out to Singapore at some point, we definitely have to link up, man. You know, I'll reach out yeah. to you to see if you're there. You know, maybe traveling is on, so you may be in and out, you know. But um, I just want to say thank you for definitely for being on the podcast. You know, it's truly been a pleasure. You know, and the audience out there, thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. Graham, where can they meet you at or where can they see you at or, or actually get in contact with you? Is it LinkedIn or? Yeah, find me on I'm on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and you can find me there, reach out to me and on my website as well, grahamdbrown.com. Everything's there. Okay. Okay. And uh, is there anything that's coming out right now that, that you want the audience to know, you know, a book or anything like that? Uh, Age of Audio is coming out soon. So check out the website to see a status on that. I'll publish updates on it. And also, I'm doing an audio series around it as well. So probably that will come out before the book. Okay. Okay, great. All right. And as usual, audience, you know that you can meet me or find me at Mr. Dapper Data. That's at M-R-D-A-P-P-E-R-D-A-T-A. 
on any of the social media platform. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, and you can purchase my book at www.mrdapperdata.com forward slash dapper book as well. And so uh, thank you again, Graham, for being on the podcast. You know, and I look forward to having you again and seeing you in Singapore one day. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Coffee Seeker song. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.